Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, two podcast worlds collide when we speak to Time at the Bar podcast for a belated Oktoberfest chat. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. So we've got we have two guests today. That's exciting. In the same location, like in the, yeah, they're in the same guest. There's like two little window <laughs> two panes as well. Together, I can be in a separate window if you like. Yeah, we'll just yeah. Put a box, <laughs> box, <laughs> box around your head. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that would yeah. be you do that in real life. Be, it would be hilarious if you just got a cardboard box out and you were just like, I'm in my own window now. You, you haven't seen our setup, have you? No. You're, you're in, a in a cardboard box, box right now. Oh, are we? Oh, perfect. Amazing. There that is hilarious. With all the beer. Oh, know. that's perfect. Yeah. So we're where all the important the stuff is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the perfect place for us. Um, we have Maz and Floss from Time at the Bar Pod. Um, please tell us who you are, why you're here. What are we talking about today? Um, well, I'm Maz, and um, we've, well, your flaws, I'll let you do Indeed, that. Indeed, yeah. Um, <laughs> we've both been working in the beer industry for about 12 years, and during lockdown, we went, oh, there's no one to talk to, yeah. better start talking to each other about beer. And so uh, we started Time at the Bar podcast, which is uh, beer history, social history, and plenty of drinking and tasting yeah. to go along with it. Um, we're both really into talking about the background of beer and, uh, you know, where it's come from, where it is now. Um, so that's a little bit about our podcast and our setup. That's who we are as a, as a, as a, as an operation and who we are as individuals. <laughs> uh, I'm Floz and I'm a, I'm a brewer, a, a beer judge and a former, I guess, publican of a very loose sort of sense. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, and you've just returned to the industry. I've just the returned industry. to the industry. Yes, I was. Um, I was bar managing, and then I left because it's hard, awful. Yeah, <laughs> so, I can um, only imagine. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, went and did a few other things, and have just recently started up again, uh, working in an office-based position in a brewery. Oh, so, cool. yeah, it's a uh, it's a great return. I'm really yeah. enjoying it. Um, hey. So sexy number cruncher. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I love that. that's uh, that's not getting cut out. No, I don't care what you say. I'm saying. I appreciate it. That is staying in. sexy, then that's fine. Don't kink shame. We are not here yeah, to kink no. shame. No, 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 not at all. This is an accountant, eh? So I keep my legs out of the image. That makes me think of those like TikTok videos. The like I'm an accountant TikTok video. <laughs> if you've never seen those, that song is now in my head firmly. I'm going to go look see, it see, up. Oh, oh. look that up because I've not come across that one. That one has not come across my feed. Apparently, my uh, it's a, selections it's a for the algorithm have not kicked that one up. <laughs> it, it trust me when you see it, 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 it wouldn't. But <laughs> is it as good as the pumpkin spice one? No, no, the pumpkin spice okay, is, great. is king okay, of TikToks. Um, yeah, <laughs> but what what inspired you guys before we actually move on to the beer? Like, what inspired you? Guys? Obviously, there was lockdown, but. Was there like a driving point where you were like, we could make a podcast out of this? Like, was there something that inspired you to actually start recording or? Well, we'd, we'd 
talked about doing it for a number of years anyway. And it was the conversations that people have at the bar that we used to have at the bar together. And we wanted those, you know, relatively organic conversations, you know, to try and nail those down in some way. But obviously you don't do that, do you? You start recording, you're like, right, okay, I've got my notes. And that's not the same thing. But so we, yeah. we're, we're, we're still trying to dial that in somewhat. But mm. just to try and get that conversation that we were having together, initially we wanted to have more conversations with people throughout the industry. But obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic, uh, which is obviously still going ongoing, but we couldn't then talk to all these different people. So we just thought, well, we'll just do it. The two of us. So just the two of us locked in a tiny cupboard, just going, hello. Hi. <laughs> Particularly as you come out with all this amazing information and I'm there like, quick, write it down. Someone needs to be like <laughs> preserving this. It's partially the passive desire to document, document my sort of, lunacy and yeah. sort of you know often these different tangents and then but... I get to edit it and make sense of it later rather right. than it just kind of coming out and tumbling out and me going oh I haven't remembered any of that. <laughs> like... I just wanted to have a bit you know a bit of you know fun with it as well and obviously it's a very it's, as I say we we talked about doing it for so many years and then finally that was the moment let's do it and also it's something positive we could do together that wasn't just sitting around and drinking it was sitting around and drinking with a purpose yeah yeah it's, yeah it's it's like it's 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 acceptable to have <laughs> that like if you start drinking at a certain time if it's for a podcast it's like that it becomes suitable there's like new rules that come into yeah. play when there's the purpose behind it so i'm definitely yeah. down with that i can well, educational now yeah exactly <laughs> exactly we're teachers yeah <laughs> we're, yes we're you don't educate just in the, the beer industry you are educators as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> And it's, I, I mean, I, uh, I mean, I, I think it's all right with you guys because you're both doing it. But like here, when a box turns up a beer, my husband goes, have you ordered my more beer? I'm like, yeah, but that's podcast beer. That's different. Like that's, yeah. that's it, doesn't, it doesn't count as your normal star. Yeah, no, it doesn't count. Yeah, We, we do still have this debate, though, don't we? Because we'll get stuff I'm like, is this podcast beer or is this just personal consumption beer? Right. It's different. Sometimes it's like a, it's a grey line, like it's a grey area. Yeah, there's like area. a, there's like a blurred line there because you're like, I could utilise this for a podcast. I just need to think of what that episode is going to be. Lining <laughs> <laughs> like beers up and going, oh, oh, what's the theme here? What connects them? <laughs> that is exactly what I do. <laughs> we often end up. Referencing... I'm like, what can we do? <laughs> We often end up re- referencing Jam and Jerusalem when they say, "Well, there's a talk in that." There's a talk in. So we're like, "There's a few beers," and we're like, "Oh, there's there's a, there's a talk in this." <laughs> amazing, amazing. Tori, have you ever seen Jam and Jerusalem? Do you know what we're talking about? No. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's I feel like there's something that's in the back of my brain that's familiar about that, but I don't I don't know why. It was a yeah, comedy program about the Women's Institute. Yeah, no, you know, no. it's just the kind of classic, quintessentially English thing yeah. we like to watch on Friday night if yeah. we're not at the pub. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's such a highlight as well of um, you know females in comedy, and it's such a great expression for so many different diverse actors to show their you know their talents that would often be marginalised. So it's great, you know, different ages, and it's yeah, just hilarious. It's one of my favourite comedies ever. Yeah, it's really genuinely good. never. You need to look yeah. it up because I'll, it is I'll it's proper, it just like. <laughs> British village moments. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, exactly. I, I absolutely love it though. Like the fact that I can. It's good that you know, Joe, that I was about to play the foreign card of like I don't. There's a no. face now. <laughs> but there's like, a face that goes on. And she's just like, 
and I'm like, you don't know what that is. Don't have any idea, no idea. But it's really great because if I'm out in public, people just when they hear me talk, they assume that I know like all these (laughs) British things because they assume that I am British, and and with like when someone like Joe knows I'm not, she can pick up on the fact that I'm like having a clue, having a clue. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what's going on right now. You get your your everyday translator. Yeah, definitely. Like British quintessence. (laughs) I'm gonna. I'll go. I'll go look that up after this. Yeah, because that's gonna be. Because I feel like I've heard it referenced before, but I just never stopped to go. What is that? I just thought it just was a weird combination of things to put together. So I just (laughs) let it be at that. (laughs) Oh no, that is um that that is really cool though that you like you because now you kind of have those conversations captured and you could be like, here's how we spend our quarantine like discussing interesting things (laughs) I think the the problem we've been facing recently is that as things have opened up again we've had so many ideas and just no time to actually sit down and record them because we fell right out of our habit um, just by having a social life again Um, (laughs) totally relate I feel like we all relate (laughs) we've had to start a shared google calendar (laughs) <laughs> and we have yeah, to block out times where okay right so we got no Tory today no joke she's doing that and we block out like okay oh we can record there <laughs> let's put that in there it's like like it's, it might be easy for you guys in, in that sense but it's like with us we're like okay we also have to give our husbands uh, like a bit of time as well. Just yeah, they, they every so often. Yeah, they husband. should get a little bit of time. I, I will say like shout out to my husband tonight because I was back to back yesterday, back to back today. I came home. He knew I was recording. He had dinner like more or less ready when I got home. Amazing. And I was just like absolute boss. So <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was like, yes. So it's, we've it's got them well trained. We could record that day. <laughs> We can record that day, but then all oh, the next day, I really should probably yeah. spend some time with my husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose the only problem with the way we do things is we end up spending a lot too, like, too much time together. Mm. Really? <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. No. <laughs> no comment, Your Honour. <laughs> if, if, if it helps, I feel like my husband and I used to do like every, like everything all the time together especially in lockdown um and the recorded nights were sort of a bit of like oh here's a little gap in you know in our time I'm gonna go do this for one night a week or two nights a week but now that we're going out as well we've got social lives like you said it's like oh I went to visit Joe last weekend and then you know in a week's time I'm going somewhere else that's away from home and and then like oh we've got a wedding on this day and this on this day so like that time where it was normally like us together all the time now it's just like oh crap when's the last time we just went out just the two of us I don't even know anymore and that was just like the last month (laughs) it's crazy isn't it yeah you can't complain though because we're actually good to go out of the house I know I know don't complain no I am not I am not I'm not complaining about it or we are joyous about our overabundance of things that we need to do too many things and I love it who is coming yeah yeah stop that don't day. remind me of that <laughs> oh, sorry. speaking spe- speaking of long days i'm ready to crack a beer yes can we crack Shall a beer we? Oh. a terrific first off right yes so for those on the video this is our beer that we were kindly sent by the lovely maz it's from the place that she is working now which is lost and grounded 
And we've got their Marzen beer, which I'm very excited to drink. Because mm. I've, I've had quite a lot of this recently. Have in you? Large quantities. We had a staff party like two weeks Jim after I started. Yeah. And I was drinking pints of it. And <laughs> nice. then dancing happened. Oh, and then all dancing the happened. I, mean, that's, um... <laughs> I love that. Like dancing happened, and you were like, <laughs> <laughs> it, "It's something I enjoy until the next day when yeah. everything." Um... to march. Yeah, you've got. Uh, this is one that, funnily enough, like I bought. <laughs> like I actually <laughs> had bought it as well. <laughs> and John was like, "We're drinking get... this one," yeah. and I was like. Oh, it smells amazing. Cheers, all. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining yes. us. Yes, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sending us this lovely bit. Now, for those that are not watching the video, um, it is very slightly hazed. It's quite a nice kind of amber gold. Probably a bit more gold. It's got a lovely thick head. Look at that on it. Yeah. I was gonna say yeah. mine had it, but I very quickly when I you did drink this it. situation. No, when I did the that <laughs> swirly situation. Oh, did you lose of, it on your swirl? Also, my glass is yeah. quite a my glass is quite big compared Tori's to. Tori's got glasses. like a proper <laughs> dimpled pub. Yes. I was like, around. if you're gonna do it, like do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm going big. Yeah. We couldn't get sufficient volumes of the Martin to fill this thing, so we've, I've just got water <laughs> in there. Yes. So when we did our Oktoberfest episode last year, we, we had um masses with our water in, didn't we? We both did. Yeah, literally, yeah. We were <laughs> like, we to. don't like you said, we didn't have enough yeah. to, to fill one. So we we're like, you know what? We'll just fill it with water. water. And I don't think we planned that either. I think we no. both just individually rocked up with a huge jug filled with water. <laughs> yeah. We do that quite a lot. Like we end we up do. doing things unintentionally. Like we'll wear the same shirt when we're doing yeah. something without realizing. Like we we haven't spoken to each other. We'll just be like, "Oh, cool, we're twinning now." Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's slightly scary. <laughs> it's brilliant. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's got that lovely bread crust aroma. Oh, yeah, it's like a toasted. Yeah, kind of, yeah, like freshly yeah. baked, just yeah. out the oven. Is that Lockdown baked, bread. Right? Lockdown you know, bread. That's what it smells like. That's a really good description. Yeah. And it really, I just had a sip because I couldn't wait anymore. And it's really nice. <laughs> it, it's got the marzipan and yeah. sort of white pepper as well. It's just, oh, yeah. Really, it just drags you right in the aroma, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. This is like one of my favorite beer styles ever. I know. <laughs> Same right? here. We're both yeah. suckers. Yeah. Oh, and it's one of those things that's been really hard to find. It's like proper, like amber coloured, yes, like really rich, toasted, yeah, log recently. It's like everyone's oh. gone quite pale. I yeah. think, yeah, I'd agree with that. And but I'd also say, actually, going back about five years, you think about us. The only time we were able to drink this was like drinking something like Hacker Shore, yeah, the the Oktoberfest you know, beer, because that's one of the only ones that I think of as. Here we go. I was gonna say I've got <laughs> Ta-da! I've got the empty ones out there. Back yeah, there. there I drank mine. <laughs> for, those on the vid- for those on the video, I have a bottle of it right here. Drank mine already. Oh, and it was good. Yeah. No, mine's mine's being saved for tomorrow because I'm teaching a class about masters tomorrow. Beautiful. Mm. They were then lucky whoever's learning from you about that because that is, as you say, it's one of your favorite yeah. favorite stars. It's ours as well. Um, you know, it's right up there, and I think it's just it's so. It's so effortlessly drinkable. Yeah. yeah. It's also got 
enough complexity to bring you back in for another sip. And I think it's such a such a delicious, understated style of beer as well. I feel like it's got this like this real like Moorishness to it where it's something that like you said you can effortlessly drink it pairs really well with snacks so you could just easily sit and just sink beers have a few like just like a bowl of roasted nuts or something like that and you could just sit there having a conversation having a good time and it's easy to drink you want to keep drinking it you don't want to go oh like I feel like sometimes I love stouts but sometimes you just go oh I feel really full and I don't think I can have another one I feel like this I don't think I'd hit a point where I'd gone I think I've had enough of that I think I need a new star now well we can attest to that yeah (laughs) I've been drinking this in quantity recently I think but it's a it's a style that should be consumed in quantity yeah definitely yeah it's it's pretty much designed for that way and because it's got it's fermented with the lager yeast, it's just that crispness, just crispness, just <laughs> makes it makes it so much more drinkable. I was like Joe, we're only on You're like Christmas. It's not it's not Christmas <laughs> yet, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not that far ahead. It's not even Halloween yet. <laughs> no, you can't you can't t- do the sea word until until mm. Halloween. What? <laughs> um. So shall I, shall I tell us tell us a little bit about Mars and shall I tell you the vital statistics? Right, please. please do. So according to obviously our little boxes that we put in place from um, BJCP, the Beer Judge Certification Program, um, Marzen is a it is in the category of amber multi-European lager and amber bitter European lager. And it comes under 6A. In case you were wondering, you want to go look it up. Um, its colour should be gold to dark amber. I think we can say that is very much what this is, um, which is. 8 to 17 on the SRM scale. Its ABV is normal to elevated, which is 5.8 to 6.3. 5.6, perfect. Oh, it's a little bit low, actually. Mm, 5.8, 2.6, but that's okay. Take it up, but it was like worried about scaring the drinking public off. Right. People get taken away by percentage, don't they? Yeah, because, because the Marzen is a slightly higher ABV beer than your usual lagers because of its history in how it came about, which we can talk about later. It is a slightly higher ABV in general. Um, perceived bitterness should be low, which is one of the things that I love because I am not a bitterness person, um, which is 18 to 24 IBUs. Now, I looked up serving temperature because I know Tori loves the serving temperature. Um, 7 to 10 degrees Celsius. I was going to ask that. But yeah, I know you're going to ask, so I always, get, I always get in there. 45 <laughs> to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, so you know what that means. um and yeah i just have to do the conversion because otherwise she's like i don't know what that means (laughs) i do know i do know thank you very much i know temperature i know that you like to hear it in fahrenheit as well so i put that i just like that you you can i just like that you do it so effortlessly yeah i do it in there for you um i was looking up glassware now i um some places saying that a woolly betcher is the best glass for it but i think you need it in a massive mass surely yeah, oh, you've got, I need so I need to invest in a woolly betcher because I don't have one. Um, because I wasn't a lager drinker, and then I've done this, I've done that craft beer person thing where you go all the way around and go, Do That's you know what? Give me all the craft lagers. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, well, we've got, we've got, this, is a, this is a little mini one, is the, is the oh, yeah, one, so oh, oh lovely, and then it's got a nice little. Braybrook one here as well. And oh, they're not, yeah, they're, so it's not, it's not a full pint. It's not yeah. a full pint there, but yeah. Um, I was going to yeah. say, I think I've got like a little good 
one. Oh, yeah, I think you have actually in that shape. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Are you going to talk a little bit about the history of how Marsden's came about? Yeah, off the top off the top of my head. It's been yeah. a while, but um, <laughs> so I'm not going to give you any specific dates because I haven't got any written down. That's fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it sort of it, it sort of came around uh, off the back of the sort of Vienna lagers development. And initially was a response to that style becoming very successful, whilst at the same time uh, the uh, the Pilsen style started to, you know, was getting developed at the same time. So it was this uh, ability to create these paler malts. So before that, predominantly a German lager and uh, Bavarian lager in particular was uh, was a lot darker. So the Munich style Dunkel was the sort of the taste du jour. Um, so in response to in response to these you know these styles slightly coming in, you know, they produced what was a Vienna Marzen style at the time. It was often sort of interchangeably talked about, but obviously it is a Bavarian interpretation. Uh, was obviously had that same sort of toasted bready you notes, know, a little bit of nuttiness about it. Um, and so yeah, it became it became a big a sort of a big thing in a big way, but really became the beer of the Oktoberfest and massively you know uh, comes before the the golden Oktoberfest or fest beer that people associate now with the with the festival. So it's why when someone tells me that Mutzen isn't a real thing and doesn't exist, I have issue with it because it was yeah. always there. It's an old style and it's um it's coming back again. But that's why we said about the Hackershaw being a great example of that, having sort of relatively consistently been the beer that they made that is in that sort of dark, dark amber golden sort of coloured style. So yeah, it's um that's that's all I've got off the top of my head for you. Yeah, no, that's perfect. <laughs> um we'll go in so I'll lead into that. That leads us quite nicely to Fest beers because I've got a proper bee in my bonnet about this. <laughs> because yeah. I love a Marzen. I love this is exactly what I love. I love that toastiness, that breadiness. That, like this beautiful color this is what i want and often there is there is this blurred line between marzen's oktoberfests and fest beers because yeah. in so in 1990 at oktoberfest they started to have these the the lighter fest beer is what became popular because lighter beers were more popular generally um but it is it is different it has different flavors it has different aromas it looks different but brewers can kind of blur the lines and say oh yeah this is a fest beer and actually it's a marzen or they say oh yeah this is my marzen but actually it's more of a fest beer so i it annoys me because (laughs) as much as i like creativity in brewing if you're gonna brew a marzen i want you to brew a marzen because that's what i want to drink (laughs) that's it so when as you said if you you love this style if you're expecting suddenly it's just a a hellas on steroids you're like well that's that's fine but i was looking forward to this delicious yeah yeah that thing so yeah (laughs) Exactly, because so I've got the stats for for our little box of what fest beer should be. If people are going to stick to those, which we know they don't, um, it in comparison to the Marzen, a fest beer should be light gold to gold, and which is four to seven SRM, which is a lot lighter than the color we've got in our Marzen. Um, ABV is exactly the same, normal to elevated, five point eight to six point three. Bitterness, again, is very low, 18 to 25, could be one point more bitter because it's got a bit more hoppiness to it. Um, Serving temperature, you should serve that a little bit more chilled at 5.5 to 7.7%. And actually, they said that the fest beer should be in a stein, (laughs) specifically. (laughs) That's just going to hide it, so then you think you're going to get a marzen and instead you get a fest beer. (laughs) Yeah, that that's just tricking you. Yeah. you can't see the colour if it's in a stein. Right, exactly. Deception. 
Yes. So this is this is my issue with fest beers. <laughs> I do remember last year when we were like looking to record the Oktoberfest episode that we did last year, and we were sort of looking through all the beers and being like, oh, which which ones the best ones for us to use? Like we were looking for the Mars and we were looking for that kind of stuff. And I remember there being like a few that were fest beers, and we we're like, oh, we could do this one. And then Joe was like, hang on a minute no it depends (laughs) it depends it's very deceptive like we need to understand what it is first yeah I just remember like that's when I learned like oh no it could be very different similar but very different things yeah Um, and I hadn't known that until until that point because I just never never thought about it and it was it wasn't until the point we're like let's pick one out and she was like we have to find the right one it's got to be like this yeah I was I was very adamant about it because I've got this I've got this real bee in my bonnet about it because a fest beer is more doughy crackery floral rather than this lovely bready marzipan toastiness that's that's what I just want to sink into a big stein of that I don't I you know there is a place and I'm sure people really love that doughy crackery floral but it's not for me no, I mean, I think, I think this is infinitely, uh, I mean, you know, the nature of the beast is you're supposed yeah. to drink a fair few of them, right? And yeah. to me, this is infinitely more sinkable, drinkable, indulgence. Like, and then, yeah, it's very comforting and warming. Like, oh, this is yeah. a lovely place. Sink into an entire bath of it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I am 100% there. <laughs> that is how isn't I feel like, as well. Isn't there like a beer spa somewhere in Europe as well where you can like take baths in it? Like I wonder, like, is this what you can take a bath in? I mean, <laughs> that I'm, could be your dream. I mean, I'd like to bath in it, but actually I'd just sit and drink it all. So yeah, I know. I, always, yeah. Yeah. I did always I be a ladle. I always thought about like the the places that do those like beer spa like bath things like okay yeah it's probably aggressively hot compared to how you the temperature you normally drink at but I always thought like if it were me I'd be getting in I'd be like all right let's have a sip of it but then you probably wouldn't want to because you'd be like how many people are in this before oh, fresh beer? <laughs> if it was like fresh beer yes yeah. if it was like you just got in hot tub style someone else just got out maybe not <laughs> I mean that doesn't sound so delicious. Does no, it? Like, no. Is, is this is this no. really good? Like head on my beer or is this just yeah. oh, no. skin? Oh no! Oh <laughs> no! Vile! Oh, my last sip of beer and you just oh ruined. no! As you go for the sip, oh, like no. oh what's that in there? Sorry, sorry. You I'm pretty what? sure they draw you a fresh bath, so you yes, probably be alright to have a taste. It's fine. It's I fine. think there's also a separate tap for you to have yeah, a I, nice cold yes. brew whilst you're in the slightly warmer. I'm sure there is. That's it. That's like a bucket list thing for me. <laughs> that's a bucket list thing for me is to go to one of those like I just think that would be just so brilliant but then I do Orlando question like now. what yeah but like what beer is it that they put in the tub I think it's just traditional Czech pills yeah so large volumes are very golden I, I could do pills. that I could get down up. with that yeah, yeah. This be, I'm sure it'd be delicious yeah <laughs> sink up to your neck lovely yeah. Yeah. Straw. <laughs> <Sunday>. <laughs> your perfect <Sunday>. yeah <laughs> You could recreate it. If you've got a bathtub, you can recreate it. Just get lots of beer. Just start <laughs> dumping it in. That's a lot of beer. Yeah. I, mean, I, think, I think during the various lockdowns would have been the time to do it when people have got lots of beer that was going to have to get thrown down the drain. Oh, just, yes. That's what Heat up a little bit. The missed opportunity. Yes. No, because that was the saddest thing. Yeah. Well, it's all right. The, the rats, the rats had a great time in the drains, just like bathing and delicious beer. And they actually got, yeah. they got, they got the bath. Yeah, yeah, they had a great time. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so, in contrast to our podcast, um, time at the beer pod really focuses on 
history and the culture. I mean, we we dive into we you, it. We give you we fun facts like yeah. Paris Hilton was banned yeah. from uh That's from Oktoberfest in like 2009 or whenever it was because her donor was inappropriate. Yes, they banned <laughs> her. Now inappropriate dance. I need was to it a I think one? Oh, it might. No, so, I think it was like pink. It was like a pink short. It was I mean, more it was like short. a lot. Like yeah. it was like a long. It was like a set. It's like when you get your costume and you're like at Halloween and you go, I could be a cat or I could be like a sexy cat. Like I think it was one of those. It was yeah. like I could get a I could get a dirndl or I could get like a sexy dirndl. And I think yeah. that she wore the sexy <laughs> dirndl, and then she was immediately <laughs> outjected from it. Very um, yeah. yeah no yeah. D- and I and I totally get it as yeah. well but that's just one of my favorite facts about Oktoberfest that and and they do cocaine that's not cocaine it is like uh an energy I don't remember what it oh, was yes but they they now. do this like it's gluten or something like yeah. that <laughs> they <laughs> snort gluten or something in yeah. order to right right energy it's for energy a glucose thing right yes yeah. yes that's what yes yeah. that's exactly like, i think okay, that's exactly what it was. like i can't remember what my fun facts were on last year's episode <laughs> well, now I've but it was something like that fun, i've got a really fun fact that i only learned doing this research amazing which i'm throwing as like a last little like exciting pick me up a last little but we've kind of because both of us have done uh episodes on Oktoberfest before mm-hmm. um we felt like it would be good to sort of focus a little bit more on a particular area of Oktoberfest yeah. or a particular theme and we decided that we would focus on the role of women in Oktoberfest amazing um and it's going to be a bit tricky because it was hard to research anything in particular that was to do with like. It's funny. It's like they've been written out of the history books. Or no, <laughs> really. Shocked. I am genuinely yeah. shocked that there's not more easily accessible information right. on this. Well, I, I was super surprised. I got to be honest. Right. No, but I think uh, hopefully we've found yeah. plenty of information. We've got we've got some little nuggets for you. I nice mean, him. yeah. If uh, does everyone want to crack another beer or is everyone good? Are I'm good, good at this the one? moment. Yeah, I'm good at the minute. I've I've taken a cheeky photo while we were recording, uh, mm-hmm. and nice. so I've just dumped the rest of it she's, because I still have another can really of it that it. I can take another better photo of yeah, as well, I'm, and then I'm I'll crack this. Take another one out of the way through. Nice. Okay. Um, I I think we need another. Do you want yeah. to get another drink? Yeah. Which one are we going for? The first is real. Um... So no, I'm pointing inside <laughs> the box because the beers are right there. In the box. I like that we are so close <laughs> to where the beers are. Yeah. We grabbed ourselves. Oh, Fast beer. So what yeah. we, we also, uh, we obviously haven't recorded the Oktoberfest um, episode last year, which I direct everybody in that direction if you want to listen to that. Yeah. Um, in the show notes, I'll put it not, <laughs> We decided not to repeat too many of those this year. So in fact, we actually went, we won't do actually any of the Oktoberfest beers except from the one that we, didn't have being the Augustina which was yeah. very difficult to get hold of generally so we've got one of those for a little bit but for now we're just going to have the fest beer from Weinstefana always make good beer but I think as you said before we're talking about the golden four yeah. and other things so um this is a modern we'll just pork this delicious treat down and then we'll move back on to the yes. four fest, uh, <laughs> ultimately martin style beers yeah. I will well, do you that. do that I'm going to take another cheeky photo <laughs> so I can uh, <laughs> okay. it's done she's okay you go to the book 
girls will be in the background of that. (laughs) 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 Love it. Lovely. So, I mean, we've already talked a little bit about the traditional dress of Oktoberfest. (laughs) And it's kind of hard to talk about women at Oktoberfest without talking about the Dirndl. Indeed. Um, So, um, obviously, they are traditional uh, Bavarian and Austrian clothing, um, along with the Lederhosen. Um, interestingly, enough, interestingly enough, they are um, they weren't worn for celebrations. They were worn for everyday work. Mm. Um, so it they were traditional workwear. Um, it comes from the word Dernen, um, so it, which was the name of the women who worked in farms of Bavaria and Austria in the 19th century. Uh, so it's considered quite archaic dress. Um, and um, yeah, and it's an archaic term, uh, Dernen, uh, for women and girls. So um, you might be wondering why it ended up becoming so uh, popular as a form of um, festive wear. Yeah. Um, it basically came the popularity came from a 1930s operetta um, in which um, the heroine was dressed in uh, Dirndl and it became so fantastically popular that um, everyone wanted to emulate this style and it was really adopted but as a fashion and uh, women started wearing it with like um, real embroidery and um, so they they sort of went the opposite way with it you know it's a very uh sort of rudimentary and functional uh outfit for people who are working on the farms and working in sort of rural communities and people obviously went and then embroidered it and made it all fancy so they took it to the opposite end of the scale which is i think it's you know often what happens with fashion anyway yeah but yeah as you said i mean the there was a fam- famous operetta what was it called the, the white horse um, yes i believe it was called the white horse uh which really took off in a big way and that the the people that had provided the clothing and sort of the, a lot of the set design with these two, uh, two uh, Jewish brothers who um, had sort of invested a lot of their time into bringing sort of the folk culture back into Germany, uh, only for it to be sort of taken away from them because uh, the, so when the Nazis took over Germany, they, they banned all Jewish people from wearing or utilising any folk reference, even though most of them had done the, the research and the public, pub, you know, the publicisation of this, um, these wonderful styles and traditions. Um, and so, yeah, so that they were instrumental in pushing the folk arts and folk uh, clothing and the movements forwards. And then, yeah, they were banned from doing it themselves. So, yeah, but um, I think something we found really interesting uh, was that also within that, the initial Oktoberfests never had people wearing dirndls or lederhosen because they were those were the clothing of the working classes, if you like. Yeah. So the initial thing was, in fact, that uh, when uh, Prince Ludwig married um, Therese of Saxe uh, Hildeburghausen, um, which is a nice, easy word, to, uh, you know, name to say. Sure is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, they they actually provided the local community with nice French-style outfits, so that they, you know, because it was unseemly to be wearing these, you know, the, what we now think of as synonymous with the Oktoberfest. This was this was a big no-no. I turned up so in a t-shirt really- and jeans. Yeah, essentially, yeah. <laughs> to somebody's I mean, wedding. Same, same, but different, yeah. isn't it? But yeah. yeah. So they provided the citizens of these um, with more appropriate festive kind of wedding attire. Yeah. 
Um, but later on in the 1800s, um, it was the, the, um, the town, the city women would go on holiday into the um, mountainous areas yeah. of Bavaria and they started seeing the women working and uh, really admired their clothing. And that's when it was kind of adopted. It was taken as a kind of fashion accessory yeah. was before it was popularized by the operetta and became really like uh, iconic image, you know, the kind of uh, national dress um, idea that you get when you think of a dirndl. Um, before that, these women were were taking these fashion inspirations from the working women. And then the, I think the added push for that as well was in the late 1800s, uh, sort of Munich wanted to really establish itself as a sort of, you know, a cultural centre. And they decided to really push forward this even, even more as this, this is our heritage. This is our, you know, this is who we are as people. So they actually started to pay to the, establish these clubs in which people would go and sort of, you know, be the folk of the area. So they'd all dress in the way and it's like, come on, this is who you are, be who you're supposed to be. So, and then obviously wow. that worked its way back in. So in the early, as I said, back to the 1930s, which we, we flipped back to, <laughs> um, that's when it started to get uh, brought into the Oktoberfest as as very much the the wear of the, of, of the event as well. Because again, the Volbach brothers who were the, um, were the, the, the Jewish brothers that I was talking about earlier, um, they, were effectively commissioned to produce something for the for the for the for the centenary uh, event. So in nineteen in uh, nineteen ten, so they uh, they brought this in, and so that really pushed on through the early nineteen hundreds until into the nineteen thirties, when it really suddenly then had its its heyday. And we think about the uh, the the von Trapps and all the rest of that, and they were all wearing their dirndls and lederhosen, and and it became a massive sort of public push and was a, adopted. And adapted by people in the US and around Europe as well. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. I'm trying to think of like an equivalent to that. Like I, I can't think of anything else that was as much like for like sort of even between the US or the UK. I can't think of anything that was like as much an equivalent to say we've taken this for fashion, but like it became the icon of a whole event like I, I can't even liken it to anything the only example I could think of is kilt in Scotland yeah it's that's true traditional and um it's it's very similar with dirndls and lederhosen they are um uh the each different region will have slightly varying yeah. patterns or slightly varying um ways of wearing their um Dandles and Lederhosen that can tell you just by looking at them what region they're from. Um, so, interesting. It, yeah. yeah, it's it is really interesting, and they are worn across other parts of um, uh, Northern Europe, yeah. but not as obviously iconic as it is in mm. Germany. Yeah, I think it's the one we think about, isn't it? And it's, it was definitely you know there, there was variations on this as we talk about with with the Highlands and Scotland, and then Norway and Denmark and Switzerland, but. The thing that we really think about is Austria and Germany border, where you've got this this culture that is thoroughly ingrained in us, and we all know it as well because it's been in it's been in Disney and it's been in the you know Hollywood, and we've seen it this there and everywhere. Yeah. Um, so moving away from the kind of background and history of the dirndl, um, there are particular ways to wear a dirndl. Um, so um, it, it, a dirndl dress should always be worn over a blouse. Um, and it's considered quite a faux pas if you're wearing a dirndl without a black. Um, so no t-shirt. No t-shirt. 
thank you. That's just inconsiderate. Um, also, the apron, which you often see people wearing, um, that the way it is tied can denote a few things. Ooh. Now, this is where it gets a little bit... Um, your relationship stuff. Yes, it's a little bit... Oh. Oh no, uh, we had an Oktoberfest party at work and Did I, you tie your apron wrong? I don't know. They might have find out. So I made sure to get one that wasn't like the sexy version. I didn't want a Paris Hilton. I didn't want to be banned from company parties going forward because we throw some really good company parties. So I made sure to get like one that was far more appropriate, like as, as much as I could, as much as my budget could afford. But now I'm wondering if everyone thought that I was trying to go out on the pool. <laughs> Tell me, did I out. did I tie it the wrong way? <laughs> Put it this way, it's it's very much the the Facebook status. Oh, really? What did I indicate? Did I indicate oh, no. that I'm I'm? It's complicated. Uh, it's complicated. Yeah, I don't know. need to refer back. back. Um, so first off, if it if you if you knot the um, apron to your left, yeah. that means that you're single. No, I didn't okay. do that. Okay, good. No, didn't do that. Okay, no, you're, you're, you're doing well. Good good. Start, <laughs> yeah, what is it's complicated? I need to know. <laughs> if you're not it right, that means you're in a relationship. Oh, I didn't do that though. Oh no. Um. <laughs> now the middle. Oh, Rick. <laughs> the middle knot, uh, traditionally and rather uncomfortably, used to mean you were a virgin. Um, oh, but is now. <laughs> Now very much reads as none of your goddamn business. Oh, nice. <laughs> that nice. is very much the modern consideration. Which we like a lot, yeah. If you've not yeah. put it in the middle, yeah. then Do don't one. ask. <laughs> like it. Go yeah. away. Um, if you knot it round the back, it can mean three things. Oh, oh, no, I'm oh, very no. complicated. It does mean it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> it either means you're a widow, oh. a an official waitress at the Oktoberfest, or you're a child. Oh, <laughs> not all three at the same not, time. No, you can't. Uh, <laughs> mentally, one of those things, yes. Um, <laughs> if one of those other things is true, I'm very concerned for who is in my house right now. Um, and I guess I, I did bring somebody their drink at one point so one of those other things could be true. so all, the, all of those three things will simultaneously being none of those things <laughs> don't know it's complicated <laughs> that's, that's really it, fascinating if you have no idea how to tie it at all, then yeah. clearly that is the status being made. Is it's complicated? It's complicated. It's complicated. You <laughs> yeah. just you just tie it all around your neck and yeah. around your arms. It's definitely it's complicated. Very complicated. Then, isn't it? I just don't <laughs> think I ever. That is so fascinating because I never even thought. Why don't I? bring it back around the front like I was like there's only so there's only so much like fabric we're working with in the back so I was like it must go around the back so let's do that um I think what I had more it would be interesting if you've got the answer to this what I was more interested in in the sense of when I was putting it on was the tie bit down the front does that go underneath the apron or over the apron? Oh, I put it underneath question. and then I was like, but am I doing it wrong? And I looked at mm. photos and I couldn't quite figure out which the right way to do it was. From what I understood, I think it's supposed to be underneath. underneath. Mm. I think, so I, I did think that right. Your apron goes on top. It's supposed to be the topmost layer yeah. as, far as, we can, as far as I can tell. But it has, it has changed enormously how you wear them over time to the point where 
it's now become almost an all in and it's like part of it is an all in one, whereas before it was various different separate le- layers, layers and levels. So, yeah. but yeah. The re- again, the reason we want to sort of highlight this is again, like you're talking about the status of a woman at, at, at an event and in general. So, and it's again like what the men doing, like no one has to do that. So, right. women are having to go, no, you don't I'm this, I'm that, that, I'm this, that, and the other, which to me is lunacy, but you know, yeah. it's, it's a fascinating thing that you know. It, in history and you know still now to some degree people are still having to display that yeah mm. yeah it's fascinating yeah. that people cared so much to to sort of be like oh I need to make sure I'm showing my status appropriately or like I need to declare I'm a virgin appropriately let me just tie yeah, yeah, around yeah. the front like that is really valid I'm, I'm a virgin guys like it's just very but, interesting yeah, for sure tie their lederhose in a certain way <laughs> at the back or something so, the straps yeah. across the front as a, as an x is, is like a no thank <laughs> Don't you go there. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah it's um it is an interesting one but then i suppose throughout time we've had like various dances and things where it's like a social gathering the only way to meet someone is is to be at these large events and if you can instantly read it's kind of like did you ever do the traffic light parties at, yeah. when you were a student? Yeah, I yeah. didn't. That did not. I don't think that really hit the US, but did I know what. I do know what a yeah, traffic light party. So is. you know what the traffic light party yeah. is. Yeah. So I, just in case you don't, because you didn't really student very hard, did you? No. His yeah. his student thing was was sitting in a pub. Sitting in a pub. <laughs> I did do some of the parties Quietly. and you know socializing. Uh, so it's uh, you wear a red badge, a yellow badge or a green badge depending on your relationship status Oof. or whether you're looking for a partner or not um, and it's like stuff. everyone oh it doesn't have to be a badge it can be like clothing or something like that yeah, something but, that's um, or a wristband or something like that I feel like I'm just chaotic enough that I'd be like I'm putting on something rainbow like good <laughs> luck figuring this one out like, I'm wearing well, all white. I guess again you're saying it's complicated right well yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a story of my life <laughs> So that's what that's what we got for the for the old uh, the Durn. Amazing. It's really was, interesting. I feel yeah. like I definitely learned a lot already. So next, we thought we would move on to focusing on the um, the female servers at Oktoberfest. Um, so um, some of the information I'm going to share now comes from an article from Thrillist.com. The title of this article was Tight Dirndls, Heavy Beers and Grabby Hands, The Life of an Oktoberfest Waitress. So, I mean, instantly you get an image. I think that we all kind of know from our yeah. experiences of being women who go out and drink mm. the, the, what, uh, what happens when you're in a big crowd of yeah. people who've been drinking. Yeah. I think more so than that, even like that, very valid on its own, more like even more so specifically around Oktoberfest, when you hear about like lads going on tour to Oktoberfest, one of the things they always mention is like the waitresses, (laughs) like that is the fit waitresses are always, always being brought up. And it's like, okay. I noticed that um, as well in a lot of the advertising, when you like I did some research by looking at YouTube videos and things like that. And the thumbnails for the YouTube videos are men in lederhosen and then uh, a woman's torso. That cuts off. Yeah. yeah. No face. No like, face. No. No. Yeah. And they, and it's yeah. And 
yeah yeah and yeah that is the attitude that kind yeah. of you instantly uh you know and it's very much seems to be something that uh, the organizers of Oktoberfest are trying really hard to move yeah. away from they're trying really That's hard good. to create that image yeah even put Oktoberfest into Google because we did that like for our work thing leading up we had team of team things where we made signs and just it was like bonding between two different offices that kind of thing we had to do a photo deck together sort of thing and I just tried to get a background like I just wanted an Oktoberfest tent background so I put an Oktoberfest to start and it just came up with the exact images that you have just said. Very similar images to that. There would always be like people drinking, always like uh, one of the waitresses holding a beer, always, you, you know, beer beer and boobs, basically, is exactly what you got. And then I'd have to put in like Oktoberfest tent. And again, you'd get the overall tent and there'd be lots of people there, but there was very much, it, they made sure that there was always kind of the images there <laughs> of no, women holding so beer crazy. and... Yeah, yeah, it's just a tragic repetition as well, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Maybe I just want to see the tent. <laughs> yeah, really yeah I was like, I was like, I just want yeah. the background just of the tent. the tent. Like that's what yeah. I want, so I can set the scene. <laughs> just give me the tent, it's please. The tent, not tits. <laughs> yeah, you did spell it right. It's good to did I also correct what's happened here? I did put tents. Google goes. Did you mean? Oktoberfest tits. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Google. Yeah, thanks. We've also included search results for. And you're like, no, it's not what I meant. I did not stutter. <laughs> Google search history is filthy now. But <laughs> Joe and I now are going to crack yeah. the festival lager from Anne's Nice. Yeah. It's the Anne's Batch and Hob Day, is it? Yes, and I'm wearing my Ansbach top because I didn't have a Lost and Grounded top, so I just no, went I with another one. I, I should have worn my Lost and Grounded top. I can put a hat on, but it's very warm in it. Yeah, I've got my hat on. I'm completely, completely different, and I've got my Oktoberfest T-shirt from... That's a From the Frog and Onion Brew Pub in Bermuda. Well, we're going to uh, open a... Is that a Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I've got the, oh, I haven't managed to grab that one. I need to grab it from somewhere. I did you get it in your beer club? Yes. Oh, see, I keep I haven't. She keeps so debating keep, whether or not to join. Every time club. I go to do it, I'm like, oh, and then something comes up and I spend the money on that instead. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was gonna be my Braybrook beer club money. <laughs> I mean, I have to be careful about who else I advertise, considering yes. I'm sort of yes. on the set. But um but delicious it is worth yeah it. it is definitely worth the money yeah we're, we're big braybrook fans and i mean that's that's not too bad a color yeah yeah braybrook Bra- 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 for us i feel like emerged and we we're like we don't like lagers and then we like had yeah, braybrook we were, we're like, like we like we love braybrook so <laughs> we yeah. like yeah. them yeah i think this, that's what i had with lost and grounded i think it was that was when i really truly like I tried German lagers, but then it was like trying British lagers that were good. Yeah. And you went, oh, oh, oh yeah. I get it. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's literally, that was literally it, wasn't it? We have us. We were like, oh, oh, it's we not get shit. it. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be fair, like, th- this is good. Yeah. But. It's definitely a fest beer rather than a marzen. I really like this one. Which, you know, it does so. say, it does say it's festival lager. It is. Build as a fest yeah, beer, so yeah, it's not well it's... done, Anne Spatch and Hob Day for doing this true and telling us exactly what it is. Yeah, at least that we kept it clear. Yes, clear and concise. But yeah, yeah, that that 
that Mars and beer is really good. <laughs> so like, I love you and Spatch and Hob Day. And actually, last year, their Oktoberfest set from last year I missed and I got so much FOMO that I signed up for their um, for their newsletter just so that when this set came out, I could buy it straight away. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I Because I saw it advertised and I was like, oh, I want it. But then, yeah. like you say, things come up and you got to get in. Oh, yeah, you got to get in. Oh, you got to start committed. prioritizing. This That's year, it. I was committed. I was like, when that set comes out, I am buying that set. <laughs> so I, I nearly went with that. And a route beer. I'm excited. I nearly oh. went with that, but then I was like, I need to just prioritize and get all the Mars in specifically that I can. So I just put in an order for Mars in. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? You oh. have to, yeah, you have to. Like this time of year, I'm like, right, where are all the Mars? Where are the Marsins? Where are the green hot beers? Where the pumpkin beers? Where are the pumpkin spices? That's where we're really at. Yeah, I don't care what anybody else is making. Those three types of beer are going in my cart. Get my money all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% agreed on that. Yeah. Right, so we've, we're restocked on our drinks. Yeah. Right. What well, is the next historical the item on the back agenda? <laughs> so we're on to the servers. Yes. The, um, the tents, know. not tits, or the tits, not tits. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the um, the competition for being a waitress at Oktoberfest is very fierce. Um, just for one te- for the Hofbrau tent alone, they get a thousand applicants for two hundred and fifty jobs. Wow. Um, wow. And interestingly enough, they do only hire women at the Hofbrau tent. Oh. They hire. They hire men in some of the other tents, but they hire women exclusively. It's in sort the of it's, it's tent. reverse sexism, isn't it? Normally, you've got so yes. many jobs being jobs for the lads. It's yes. like, oh, yeah. we don't only hire men, but we only have a team of men. Yeah, this is the reverse. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're only going to give. And obviously, that comes down to the fact that they want the women to look good uh, in order to sell more beer. Yeah. Um, is that part of the vetting process like do they do they like oh i would hope not but would they like at someone and go i don't know how much the actual vetting process is based on looks it's not like working for hooters mm. where they make you stand against the wall i mean it's a it's a rumor isn't it, right it's you know that, that's a bit of urban it's legend rumor, really, but... but they do uh, only they, it's definitely like anyway but there has been problematic um, you know, it's very problematic but yes. um with uh being hired for Oktoberfest, a lot of it actually comes down to who you know. Um okay. they will hire friends if you've got the head waitress who will handle a certain um zone of each tent because they're obviously so vast these tents they they host thousands of people at a time that they're split into sections and there'll be a head uh, that there'll be like a hostess for each section and she'll be very key in hiring her team and a lot of them will be people she knows Ah. and they come back year on year it's really prestigious it's like these these women who are hired they don't want to let these jobs go and they treat it like it's almost like a a holiday for them in a weird way even though they're working and they work and see that yeah they work 12 to 14 hour shifts for the 60 the full 16 to 18 days so it's like two weeks straight of 12 to 14 hour shifts yeah and they spend months building up for this they yeah, get they, into they, training they, like they're training yeah. for a marathon it's a rocky it's like a, a rocky there's montage. a rocky training montage. So then with, then with, 
I would love of a them montage. Carrying <laughs> all of those massive beers. <laughs> yeah. You've got like, a like, little... with them. <laughs> Yeah. So this is why it becomes such a um it, it requires so much training, is because um each mass weighs five pounds on its own and they carry them 10 at a time 15 pounds which is 23 kilos um and so in one 12 hour shift they will move 2250 pounds which is just over a ton of of beer and that is just the full beers that they're carrying to the tables that's not including the empty glasses that they have to collect back. back And I just want to weirdly highlight something here. I mean, to me, 23 kilos, I'm thinking as a brewer, bag of malts, 25 kilos. I hold it close to my body or I put it over my shoulder. They're holding them out here yeah. in waist positions. It's it's incredible yeah, just that. That, that strength to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, homebrewed, I homebrewed with Joe the other day and I was the one that was doing the... Sparge. The, the sparge, yeah. And it, like, I was... I was like, oh, I don't want to hold it too close to me because the pan was still the the, the pan yeah. was still a bit hot. So I was like, hold it far away from me. And also, I didn't want it to spill immediately over me. I was like, if it's going to spill on me, I'd like it to be from a distance at least. <laughs> so I was like holding it out, and I was like, oh, is this like a proper yeah, it's like a, it's an arm workout? Work I was kind of I'm still like, I'm up, still do a squat, do a two this. pots and a sieve. So it's a uh, tip it between all the different pots. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. right, so that one into there and that one into there, and now put it in that one and that one goes into there. And she's like. <laughs> And I'm like, now you're spilling it. Yeah, yeah. It's there's a technique. <laughs> Be fair, I, I, you were really good. I you started really off. Good. I started you off. Good. You started off solid. I started off it, good. As you and were, then as after you a while, tired, I was like, yeah. fuck, I'm just uh, <laughs> just get it out. Like, <laughs> yeah. But I can't even imagine. Like that was me just holding a pot and tipping a pot right. for like. So we did that like 45 minutes, yeah. maybe like yeah, an hour, maybe. About I can't minutes. imagine, you know, 12 hour shit or however long shifts of just yeah. out in front of you. Well, actually, quite a lot of it, they do hug oh. into their body. And I think that's a huge part of how you carry uh, 10 miles. Weight distribution, isn't it? Yeah. Weight distribution and its technique. I was watching a video about the technique you have to use to carry 10 at a time. And I was trying to explain this to you the other day, but we don't have 10 masks to, for me to explain right. it. We'll make sure we do that. Yeah. We're gonna <laughs> You're going to need to do like a YouTube video like yeah. experiment of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I was watching this video where, the, where there was the head waitress was training a younger waitress how to carry them. And they were trying it out with masks full of water um, and stacking them on top of each other. So what you've got to do is you've got to have eight masks fanned out in front of you with all the, the handles facing yep. towards you grab, grab those with one hand yeah then you fit one on top of your eight yeah with the handle locked in between two of the glasses okay then you take your, your so that was the ninth on that's top, nine and the yeah you bring around the front and you hold your hand around it so and then you hug it all into yourself so wow. it's all like locked yeah and that's how they can carry 10 at a time it's i still don't imagine that that is particularly <laughs> like, like weight distribution no and if you think against your teeth as, as well, well yeah because boobs get in the way oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 
smashes against it. Like that after after sixteen days, yeah. twelve hours of doing that, it must be it's killer. It must yeah. be so. Twelve hours, energy. give me like an hour, and I'd be like, oh, I think I need <laughs> a break. <laughs> I think I've done now. Just so strong and their willpower, and then to think where we're getting on to next. What happens whilst they're also carrying these around? So maybe we should right. <laughs> get onto some of those less than wonderful points mm, in uh, mm. so we've gone through the fact that they're obviously it's a real it's a real weight carry it's 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 so it's so technically skilled to do it there's so many people clamoring for those jobs there's not many positions people tend to hold on to them for long periods of time and you think well you know why is it like a holiday to people when actually what's happening is they tend tend to get a, a fair amount of abuse really yeah the, the, you know all historically that has been what's happening i'm not mm. saying it's eradicated is it eradicated in life? No, clearly not. So it's not going to be eradicated at a big major beer festival. Um, but before we go on to just a little bit about the earnings, you know, I just wanted to say that it's one of those things that we talked about quite a bit is that an element of of the whole uh, Oktoberfest has been, you know, it's obviously it's a, it's a very relaxed environment and it's a big fest and everyone's having a good time. But clearly a lot of people are not having a good time because up until recently, it has been you know, the amount of uh, cases reported back uh, the, of you know sexual harassment and groping and unwanted touching and you know well I think you've got some really interesting points on this haven't you do you want to go into this? um yeah so so this, some of my research has come from amp.dw.com um it's this was called the dark side of Oktoberfest um so this goes in a little bit about the experiences of waitresses, the way they have to, um, or the way that they kind of prepare themselves and prepare each other. Um, one of the big things to note is that because these women are hired by one woman, she acts like the den mother. She takes care of them and they take care of each other. They're all there to look out for each other and they pass on little bits of information about how to like, protect yourself but also you know they they work as a unit together to protect each other uh some of the stuff that gets passed down as advice is wearing padded shorts underneath your skirt so that because it's not just someone touching your ass someone is going right up your skirt mm-hmm. and um, you're holding these and you and can't do anything right, about, you can't it. Do what you about it, it. So, yeah holding, well i'm just stacking them in the head I mean, well yeah, yeah. If you're holding 20 23 kilos right i'm probably the thing is then you lose money exactly. right. well that's it is is you the, the obvious answer you like the obvious answer people would say is well you just don't put up with that and then you, you think like yeah okay that's great in in theory yeah in practice you're either caught off guard so that's not going to be the first yeah. thing on your mind or you're thinking like you said how much money am I going to lose if I just throw all of them at this person yeah. or drop yeah. them all or anything else and I think you just you maybe over harden yourself to it and just go i'm just gonna just blind us on and just keep cracking yeah. off what you're doing and, you're and right yeah it's, and it's, it's insane it's funny because i feel like it's something that is so systemic within well within society in general but particularly in the beer industry um particularly when i first started working in behind bars it was just something you just were taught to ignore yeah and you chose to ignore because it's like i can't I can't pick out every single time it's happened to me because if I did, it, it, like half the customers would be thrown. Out. Right, yeah. Let's not open that so dam. 
Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yes. Sorry. I'll, I'll reel it back in. I'll reel yeah. it back to where we were yeah. talking. Because there are so other methods that they use. So um, dark red lipstick is rumoured to put men off. Oh, so really? Because I think it's so obvious. Some men do make it a challenge when they go to the Oktoberfest to collect as many lipstick kisses on their right. face as possible. So it's like badges of, of how yeah, many yeah. Notches on the bedpost, all those classic old phrases yeah. that we know. Apparently there's something psychologically off-putting about wearing the darkest shade of red you can possibly ah. find. Uh, so these are that's another thing that's kind of passed on as a um, suggestion. Yeah. Um, thankfully, um, the groping of waitresses at Oktoberfest is treated extremely seriously. Yeah. They are very well supported by their um, security teams. And the moment that a group are acting up, it's like you're out. And there's no competition to fill that table again because people, you know, you've got your standing tickets and your seated tickets and there's queues out the door. Yeah. So it's not a question of like, oh, no, we're going to lose out on money if this yeah. person gets out. It's like, no, we can take care of our staff yeah. because we're not going to miss out on anything here. I think like, when we were both reading that as well, it was obviously incredible to to see that that obviously now is a major concern for them and that they are mm. really looking after the staff, you know, and obviously, you know, people are putting put themselves in a very precarious position as far as unwanted sexual touching and everything else. Mm. But the fact it's only very recently come in is also really, really shocking to I think to both of us. We were really surprised how how recent this is. Yes, it's great that they've done it now, but it, how long did it have to take before we got to this point? Not we're not obviously doing a huge. <laughs> it's on it's this hard one. not to. I've been I've, I've been yeah. a little bit wound up today. Very <laughs> yes. um, Yesterday, in fact, uh, <laughs> been some, somewhat wound up. Um, no, no, I don't. I don't blame you for that. I, I think like what that leads, like when you say oh, it's very recently this has come into play. Like I do, there is a question in the back of my mind. Like you said, there's no competition to fill those tables, and in the back of my mind, it's difficult to not think. I wonder if there was competition to fill those tables. If the, you'd like hope that the attitude would still be the same as it yeah, is now, which is we, we look out for each other. But there's that cynical part in the back of my brain that goes, if there wasn't a competition, if there were, if it wasn't an easy fill of those tables, would they, would they still have those rules in as firmly or would they be more, oh, let's give this guy the benefit of the doubt or he's, you know, he's just drunk. He didn't know what he was doing, that kind of thing. And it, it, it's difficult to not question that, that. But you just, you kind of, you don't want to question it too much now in the sense of you want to just go, they're doing the right thing. So yes, it like, just, just you. it's sad, but you just want to go, take the win, take the win. Like yeah. it's it's that yeah, no, type of that. thing. Yeah. But I, I do understand the, how it feels like a holiday thing because this last year I've helped out a few different breweries at festivals and stuff like that. And yeah, Kyle, I, I wasn't working 12 hours. Oh, no, I, I wasn't working 12 hours. I was doing the normal sort Close. of yeah, yeah. I'm I was tr well, I was trying to think but I mean I definitely wasn't working like 12 hours consistently for that long it was like a weekend festival and I could walk away and take breaks whenever I wanted but I didn't want to like I had a really good time connecting with the other breweries connecting with the other people like the other the other people working as well as the people that were attending so I can understand how as staff you can still feel like that's a holiday um but then I can also understand how you can 
sort of dismiss things and normalize things that maybe you shouldn't because you just kind of you're you're caught in the moment and you think uh it's a professional setting I don't know what to do so I'll just you just your mind goes blank and you just go yeah, whatever yeah. I'm, I'll just think about it later on. just carry yeah. on yeah. sort of thing yeah 100% I mean the other thing like as well as like for some of them it feels like a holiday they use annual leave from their everyday jobs to do the Oktoberfest it is for them it's like a personal challenge mm. it's to see if I, if they have the mental resolve and the physical resolve like it's like doing a marathon or an ultra yeah, marathon yeah, they exactly. set themselves this task and they're like this is what I'm going to do and I want to see if I can do it and it's like the first can I get selected that's the first yeah. part that's like can, the I biggest hurdle. can I handle the weight can I handle the pressure and like you know can I do 16 days in a row but they actually, as groups, often go out on holidays straight after the Oktoberfest. And there was this one group that was interviewed for one of these articles I was reading where they plan, like, literally the day after the event is closed, they go on a spa holiday together. Ah. And it's like the whole team, you know, they've worked like this ridiculous festival, like crazy long hours. But it's that you know that group that together it's a bonding experience yeah. isn't it like you're in the trenches together like that's a bonding experience <laughs> and so I think that's why they they kind of consider it a holiday of, of sorts because it's I've picked a challenge I'm choosing this challenge and I'm doing it and I get to meet some great people and like you say there's like a party experience it's you know you get the energy from like just even though you're working there is some energy to to being there because Mm. you're you do feel like an important part of the experience as well of like you're responsible for making sure these people have a good experience and so like part of that and interacting with those people can be fun as well like it does feel you don't it's not like when you go and you work another job like if you're working doing an expo for something like I work in IT and if I were to go and say oh, I'm going to go do this uh conference or something that might feel more like a job because you're there it's it's more professional it's more of a professional not to say that um beer festivals aren't professional by any means but you are allowed to drink you are allowed to be a little bit more loose when you're working there so I don't know how it is at Oktoberfest they I imagine they probably don't really want to drink when they're carrying that much weight I, I don't know do, <laughs> I think they do the after work drinking yeah the, the journalists that interviewed these yeah. women were saying like they got the schnapps out at the end of the shift nice. and they were all having a little drink and so yeah I think it's a very important part of it is this bond this team and like you say, yeah, they are they are there for an experience too. Um, they it's not the same as their day jobs. It's not like because some of them it's like they're you know office workers, they're lawyers, they're you know, or some of them are full time parents, mm-hmm. and they just go, you know what, I'm just gonna like completely change things up for two weeks and see whether I can do it. That's it. Um, that leads me to two things before you go on to the next topic. The first thing, I would love to see a mini, like a mini documentary series on interviewing the women of Oktoberfest because I would love to see what their everyday life is pre-Oktoberfest. What what is it like to be them before Oktoberfest? What job do they work? Where do they live? What is their day-to-day? And then 
why do they go to Oktoberfest or what motivates them to go to Oktoberfest? I want to see them train. I want to see them then work at Oktoberfest. And then I want to see their feedback after. And I would love to see people that are like all the way from newbies up to seasoned veterans, head of, you know, the the head of the, the team, all that. I would love to see that. And second of all, I would love for there to be like an instructional, like, you know how we did like the ice bucket challenge, however many years ago, I would love for there to be like the uh, Oktoberfest waitress challenge I would love to be like challenge yourself to see if you could even do the stuff they do yeah I would love that for there to be like a viral trend yeah yeah you've got to do an hour not even an hour like viral trend (laughs) see if you can lift it up and bring it to your table and do that 10 times like I would love to see that like Oktoberfest challenge that's the Oktoberfest waitress challenge I would do it it. I will literally if I can get that many glasses we need to get 10 masses literally if we could get that many glasses I would Bristol's only an hour and a bit away I would drive to (laughs) Bristol and I would do that challenge because I think that would be so fun yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll start we the viral trend. Anyway. Yeah, so. we do. We decorate the carpet. Yeah, yeah. I keep painting it every now I love the fact that you were like, "Did you miss me?" He's like, "No, no, no. I <laughs> yes, very no. much meant exactly. redecorate." Yeah, it's, not really, it's not really carpet. These are wooden boards, just painted yeah. to look like carpet. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of weird surrealism. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't want to stop you from carrying on, but I was genuinely like, I have to say those two things. Where I want to see that docuseries, series, someone make it, and two, I want to do a October Best Waitress challenge. Yeah. I mean, there's another really important part that could be part of that documentary, and that is what they've been doing recently at the October Fest to try and create safe spaces for women. Um, so in 2003, they set up a a space uh, next to where they would normally have like the police station. So it's like um, a series of like tents and um, trailers, I suppose. Um, They set up a trailer, which was called the Safe Oktoberfest for girls and women. Um, And this is like a rallying center, which is um, manned by professional psychologists and um, team of volunteers and social workers And this is a space where if women are attacked or if they are feeling vulnerable or even if they've just been separated from their group, they can come to this focal point and they can get their phone charged, get a cup of tea, have a quiet moment or get professional help if they have experienced um, sexual assault. Um, So this was brought in in 2003. It's open from six till one. Uh, so 6 p.m. till 1 a.m. Um, in the midweek. And then at the weekends of the festival is open from 3 in the afternoon till 1 a.m. Um, it's, um, it, it's a really important thing that they've brought in. Definitely. It still has its problems in that some women seem to be struggling to find exactly where it is in the festival. Because obviously this festival is, is multi- It's huge. Oh, There's like, so yeah. many tents. Oh, it's it is, so it's like a village. Like it's yeah. a village in itself, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, they The years after they installed this site, they noticed that the number of cases of sexual assault being reported seemed to be going up. But this seems to actually be a positive thing because what it means is that women were able to feel safe enough 
reporting they're actually reporting it and have a place to report it because before think of how many times you you know you've gone to a festival and if something were to happen like would you know who to would it be too much of a faff to figure out who i say that in a very light-hearted way yeah i'm minimizing it right i've got to get or across I've got site, to work out who, who actually even would listen to do me? i want to tell yeah. like this security guard who probably has you know this guy that's you know changing the bins do i want to tell the security person do i want you know who do you tell that can actually handle it that will deal with it a appropriately yeah you know it doesn't become too much of a mission to figure out who that is so you just don't you just don't bother full stop country with a different language you don't know where you stand you don't have to communicate what's happened to you yeah yeah like exactly and so the vulnerability before was extreme and the vulnerability still is is significant but by having this this actual physical place the safe space that women can go to to report what's happened to them and to have it treated seriously is really important and I was saying to you like could this not be something that could be established across all festivals that's exactly what I was just I was I was thinking the same thing as well if that's been in place yeah they've been doing that since 2003 why are we only just talking about this for festivals over here now and Mm -hmm. and and what not only are we just talking about it for festivals over here now had you not mentioned that now this got like i can't say that i've heard anybody talk about this idea before or it's not seen this idea implemented before and not even just in beer just across yeah across the board any festival i've gone to yeah all festivals major event really yeah any major event the volume of people it you know like we think about you know you think about seeing uh st john's ambulance like they know where they are right because it's there it's clear on the map so where you know where is that place though that is logical for you know, and it and it is for everyone because everyone yeah. needs to know that there's somewhere safe to go. Yeah. Whatever their you know their you know their, their their state of mind and where whatever's happened to them, you know, you get used to seeing. I know people that worked St John's ambulance and someone who might have, you know taken a, a few too many things they probably shouldn't have done. They turn up there and it's grand, you know, they'll be looked after. Before they might have been scared of doing that because then say, I've done something I'm not supposed to do. This is the opposite way around. Someone's done something they're not supposed to do. Yeah. Why should I be feeling, you know, I need to be able to have a logical place where yeah. I can go. And this is a safe space for, for, for all of us. And you're right. It doesn't matter who it is, because it could be, I'm sure, I, I would imagine that if uh, a man turned up at the festival uh, at that tent and said, um, I'm really in trouble. I don't know where else to go. What do I do? That they wouldn't be like, this is yeah. for women only. No. Sorry, no room at the inn and then kick them out. I'm yeah. sure that that probably wouldn't be the case. But it's women that maybe need more encouragement to feel that they can be comfortable to come out and say that there's that there's yeah, been an issue they need help with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that more recently it has the name has been somewhat rebranded to just Safe Oktoberfest, mm. not just Safe Oktoberfest for girls and women. Um, to I think try and encourage people anyone who's in trouble for whatever reason to come to this place and and report what's happened to them or just to to find their bearings basically said, charge a phone like how important yeah. now is your phone yeah. you get yeah. separated from your friends in a tiny village like Oktoberfest and you're like <laughs> what's the likelihood you're gonna find your friends easily again probably Absolutely. not no chance. T- yeah. a tiny village that has suddenly had a, a city to de- 
you know, sort of descend, descend on it. Yeah. And then, you know, like, obviously, if you're drinking large volumes of stuff like this and it's not this clear liquid, yeah, you could more like this. In a, in a bit of a weird situation. And you yeah. might, if you're, my phone's dead. I don't know where I am. I don't know who I am. Uh, <laughs> could somebody charge this for me so I can find out, please? Yeah. I don't speak the language. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't even say, have you seen what? Have you seen yeah. someone that looks like this is over here? There's no, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, um, I think it's a really important thing. Obviously, it's not perfect, but by having it, it's a really important sign and it's a really important and significant thing. And I feel like it could be something we could implement across every festival. If, if the festival is big enough to have a security team, it's big enough to have a safe space. Absolutely. And it's big enough to have even volunteers walking through the crowd. They don't have to be like obvious. But if they've got their own radio and they've got some kind of symbol or like a badge or something that shows that they're a person you could come to if you if something's happened to you or if you're yeah, feeling yeah. unsafe, then they have the ability to contact the security team there and then. They have direct line to to get you where you need to be and to be taken seriously. And more importantly, it's not just about people uh, being safe. It, it's about removing the person who has been causing that situation yeah i think so often we we are taught that it you have to be on your guard you have to be the one that looks after yourself you have to be the one who supports things but it's more significant if we can remove the people that have been causing the problem in the first place and say wow. you know this with this 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 behavior is unacceptable and this will not fly and we're just gonna you get kicked out it's yeah, yeah. like you know Zero, zero, zero tolerance. tolerance. Yeah. Talking about that, we need to be serious about it. Yeah. And no, far too often it's, oh, that person was drunk and they were making a stupid yeah. choice. Zero tolerance. They shouldn't actually zero tolerance. Yeah, they they shouldn't have done that, but they were just being stupid. They weren't, you know, they were drunk. They didn't realize that they were being stupid, or they're harmless. They don't mean that, you know. And you're just like, yeah, okay, fine, like you get told that you have to put up with that bad behavior because they're not malicious or there's they, they don't intend bad or something and it just gives them a free pass to not put their own behavior in check exactly yeah. I mean, you're basically saying that people have a free pass because their subconscious wants to do something that their conscious didn't and i well we won't get into that as it's very no <laughs> we could we because the thing is we could talk on that for Forever, ages and ages yeah. and, and we have yeah ex- exactly podcast, and yeah. it feels like we could all chat on it till the end yeah. of time but is it you know oh, the four of us having a conversation about it gonna necessarily be able to do that much on our own we, we could talk for ages and it feels very much like ugh, need other people in the room to have that conversation not just us 100%, <laughs> not just us you know it, yeah. it needs people from every demographic yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely so final final point and then my fun fact. Oh, oh I'm yeah. ready for the fun. I'm excited. Okay. My final point is about the earnings. Yes. The- I was gonna ask this. Yeah. Because it's it's somewhat of a question mark, a bit of a closely guarded secret. They it seems to vary depending on which tent you work in, what part of the festival, but According to the Oktoberfest website, the average that you expect is a ta- is a share of what the venue takes, what the tent takes. Uh, a waitress working the 16 days 
would take 5,000 euros and that doesn't include the tips and they get okay they're supposed to get 10% on every run of beer that they do so that five five grand is like five grand is like the base and then they get whatever they get on top depending on how how much they need well, let's call the 10% of twat tax <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just pleased that you're not like and they make like fuck all. Five p. <laughs> like, you're like they make sweet sweet fuck all they're just there for the good experience they should just be happy the they got the selected right. challenge the, the glow you get from completing that challenge no <laughs> they, should they get actual money please that they were able to take part like that is like no i'm glad that you say they actually <laughs> Yeah, they're not yeah. just there for the lines of glucose. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. They um so so five thousand euros works out at roughly four thousand two hundred-ish pounds. Um so if you think about that on our wages without being too specific, like that's two and a bit more. Don't touch that one. <laughs> I was I was gonna say it's less yeah. than I make a month for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, it's um it's not an insignificant amount of money. Yeah. And so I don't know whether by taking the time off work, they end up losing out, whether it all averages out at the end. But it's it certainly seems that it's not just the money that drives these women to go and be part of this festival. Um, there really is like a, a bond that they get. There's a camaraderie and the experience. I mean, I, I would still like to go to Oktoberfest, I think it would take a little bit of uh, mental preparation for me to yeah. do it. I, I think that I would really still like to experience that. I'd like to see the folk music being performed and I'd like to wear a dirndl and I'd like to, you know, dance around and drink large quantities of beer. Yeah. And on a table and, yeah. and, go, and go for it. I went to... Um, I, I always forget the name of it because it's closed now the place in Bristol that was like a all the time Oktoberfest bar and I went there for a friend's birthday it's been shut for quite a while now I think it's, I think it's like a hot desking space now <laughs> it's so weird to think Amazing. of it as a hot desking space it because still has the bar. <laughs> oh, it still has a bar yeah. and every okay. now and again someone gets so angry about their work they get up on the table like this <laughs> <laughs> All I know is there was a yodeling competition and my friend won the yodeling competition because it was his birthday and they took him on stage and they had like a yodel off and then we were all on the tables just like that. And it it was really fun. And I don't know like how authentic it was, but it was just a really fun experience. And it made me be like, yeah, I quite want to go to like proper Oktoberfest and like experience the massive party that you just get because it was just positive vibes good vibes 100%. yeah so um to round off our research i'm gonna give you my fun fact ready good, for it. i love a good fun fact um obviously there's a lot of like umpa music traditional music everyone's used to the idea of that you've got to get up and sing a song or you know and you learn the words to traditional songs quite quickly um but a lot of the bands, the traditional bands that go there, do learn modern pop music. And in recent decades, it has become a standard tradition for the final song of the festival to 
be performed and everyone's supposed to join in. It is oh. <laughs> Robbie Williams Angel. No. Yeah. Apparently That's amazing. through it. Oh. Why? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. I feel like oh my god. I feel like if they were gonna do that, if they were gonna pick like late night drinking songs, like oh my god, I think like Oasis is <laughs> probably don't look back in anger. It's probably like I definitely, get, I definitely closed down some bars singing Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, the fact that it's Robbie Williams is That's hilarious. Amazing. It's so I know, I had no idea. But no. this was uh, this was from a YouTuber. I can't remember her name now. I should have written it down. But she is um, she was born and raised in Munich, and then moved to uh, Cincinnati, and she's lived her whole life kind of between the two. And she said that she grew up going to the Oktoberfest as a proper folk festival, and. Um, it, it was just a standard thing. And wow. I had no idea. And she said, when yeah. you tell people in America, who like Robbie Williams was like, like <laughs> you know, we sang angels. And they're like, yeah. what the What's that? are you talking yeah. about? What are you, like, <laughs> we, did, we did get that. We did get, <laughs> like, did get angels. We did get angels. Yeah, that was America, like, did Probably he? like the one song that we got yeah. was that one. But it might have been like, I don't know how old she is. I yeah. don't know if it's like, maybe it just wasn't popular if she's younger than I am maybe wasn't popular yeah, I, I don't know she is, but like, she seems sort of like mid to early 20s okay. the man whose so- entire career was about making a Bond song and never got one and now That's we get him. the closing song for Octoberfest yeah. <laughs> 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 it must be such a big honor. Like I would be like, that's, that's, that's my tune. Right. I think it would be like the national anthem of. Imagine like, the royalties. Like no, that. Yeah. Please tell me it's like proper it. umpa style as well. I know. Oh yeah, imagine it umpa style. I want to see. No, I want to see video I think, footage. I think yeah. when it's the final version of like the final song of the final festival, I think it's just piped in. I, think I don't it would just think be amazing if it was like the Umpa band goes <laughs> on <laughs> and, and then like a crazy yeah. Umpa version of Angels. Yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I just, this so is good. my absolute favorite fact that I have ever learned about Oktoberfest. Yeah. I mean, the, I this, mean this is now going to be. This might trump this the Paris Hilton. This top one. Paris Hilton. Yeah, I think yeah. this tops this Paris Hilton. This definitely tops Paris Hilton. Because nobody's surprised that you say like no, Paris Hilton, Paris Hilton got in, kicked like, out. The, the sexy Paris Halloween version of a don't know. It's inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Shocker. Like she, oh, she, she got had her old tassels on or something like that. Like no one's shocked about that. <laughs> I am Sorry, far Paris, more shocked but we about that. that view. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone's shocked about that. You know, a celebrity wearing scantily clad yeah. outfit to <laughs> Oktoberfest. I think um, what I'd find, you know, slightly less shocking though is if she was at the Oktoberfest with her little dog singing it. Yeah. That would be yeah. that'd be, that would, that, that would be normal to me. That would be, that'd be very normal. Singing song. Bobby Williams Angels. In fact, it was Paris Hilton that brought this song to Oktoberfest. <laughs> I think. That's gonna be the little rumor I <laughs> We're gonna start we that. We can start combine that. the two. We can combine yeah. the two amazing facts and just start a new like conspiracy <laughs> theory. As yeah. Yeah. Like she got kicked out of Oktoberfest. She was irate about it. And she was like, you know what? I'm gonna really F with people. I'm gonna tell them that Robbie Williams is like the 
anthem of the world or something. <laughs> and then <laughs> wait until everyone just breaks into song and then she walks away like my work here is done <laughs> like yeah. slow motion fade out this is great we've got the, ma- the makings so of the video here. so good <laughs> yeah i think we're here for it anyway um yeah that's all the research we did that's amazing the- that's amazing that research so when we did our Oktoberfest, it was not that <laughs> i don't think I, i'll i'll speak for me at least it was the fun facts were not that research. Yeah, <laughs> those were those. That was that some was amazing. Good. Yeah, those are amazing. The one thing that I do want to know is: so they get paid quite well, and I would love to know: like, do they travel from all over to go there? And if they do, do they get their accommodation paid for? Mm-hmm. Um, do they have to pay to get question. themselves there? Yeah, I'm not sure about getting there, but I'm pretty sure what they've got is like they've got um, bed and board, bed and board yeah. while they're might, there. Might... It's like a, a uh, yeah, venue, I think we, like might, we might be wrong on this, but I think, again, things that we, I think we read when we were doing our October Fest la- uh, episode last year was that people that are working generally get the bed and board. That's, pa- that's part of it. I don't think every position, you know, on, you know, working at the, um, the festival does get that, but I think the majority of them do. But yes, you, you, you know, you like with any sort of music festival, you were to work it, you, you probably get bed and board there, but you've yeah. got to get yourself to it. And I think, yeah. yeah, people do, from my understanding, people do come from far and wide to work it. But there is still very much a, a centricity on, you know, locale, coming from the, the immediate area. Yeah. And because, as we say, these people, it's, it's not what you know, but it is who you know who to you some know. degree. If you've been brought into the fold, then I guess you probably are. Of uh, the local yeah, area. Not, you know, yeah, not within, yeah. Not within yeah. a million miles. And, I mean, although it's kind of talked about Oktoberfest being, like, a massive uh like um tourist attraction it still is 70 percent people from munich yeah. and the immediate surrounding area that um that attend the festival so it really does still have that folk route and so i think that it it will link very much directly back yeah. to the people who work it the people who are there year on year are people from the yeah, yeah. from munich and the local area I think, again, that's probably more shocking to me than Paris Hilton wearing something scantily clad is that 70% of it effectively is still people from Munich because I think that sits in between Paris Hilton scantily clad and Robbie Williams as the closer. I think that sits in the middle ground of what is shocking um, for that. that Last year. Yeah, Yeah, so, I mean, I think the other half of that sort of... uh, I can't remember the exact figure, so either listen back to our previous episode. No, 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 go listen to it. Just go listen to it. We'll put put both of our Oktoberfest episodes Mm. in the show notes. And yours will be way more researched than ours will. But it's good. I think it's still some somewhere in the in the region of like ninety something percent of of the of the public that go to it still are also from Germany as well and the surrounding areas. So it's still a massive, you know, massively high proportion of the people are immediately from either there yeah. or from just outside of there. Whilst you know we obviously think about people coming from all over the world to go to it, but it is really a very small proportion compared to who you know who are actually at the event that are from within the country, yeah. from within the very you know very localized area, which. I think we found amazing as well because, as you say, it's like really what's that? I mean, seventy percent is like huge. Yeah, I just I would think of it as being like so much external, like tourism from outside yeah. of of Germany as a whole. Because I feel like there's just this there's something about being like yeah, I've when you when you're in a situation where you live in Europe, like as a person that's from the US, 
you always you hear about Oktoberfest as you know you've got films you've got Euro Trip you've got like all that and it's so much more expensive all the classic films Euro Trip um (laughs) am I showing my age because I feel like I'm showing my age (laughs) so no it's one of his favorite films it's not it's not no it's not it's not it was a film I watched when I was young and you grow yeah you grow but it was just the first thing that it's the first thing that came to my brain of like growing up in like in my youth seeing that in pop culture it was like films like that that you'd see it in and you'd be like oh that's so cool but I'll never get a chance to go there myself because it's so expensive but then after living over here you realize actually it's quite easy to go over to Germany and 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 that's when I realized like, oh, there must be so much tourism because you can go to something so iconic. And that's why I think it's so crazy that you're saying there's still such a high, you know, the majority of people are from within Germany and within Munich. Like that is incredible because I would have thought like tourist destination, that's the one time that everyone's going to flock there to definitely yeah, yeah. go there. Yeah, That's amazing, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So it's also amazing how much we've forgotten in only a year. <laughs> No, same no, same I've probably same. asked you questions which is we a fact probably, I've yeah. read out like read on the out. I probably read a fact out on the last episode we did last year and then proceeded to ask you the question because <laughs> it is completely gone from my mind yeah exactly exactly it's been a weird couple of years yeah. 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 My, my brain is definitely um an oversaturated sponge now it does not take any more in- information You've got to like eject something to get something new in. That's how I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Something's got to give. Previously held information to gain new information. Yeah, I'm constantly doing this and just knocking the water out this year. Yeah, you've got to. I wish that you could like stop and think. What what one thing do I want to erase from my brain to make room (laughs) for something else? Because like I don't want to be like sitting up at you know, 3am singing PPAP. Like, I want that out of my brain and I want to think of something, like, new and better. Like, I don't... That's I don't want to erase, like, a fun fact out of my brain. I want to erase a stupid song. Like, I don't want to hear stupid songs in my brain at 2am when I can't sleep. I want that to be what's deleted. Well, you, you'll be loving ask... Angels instead, right? Yeah, yeah, now we're just going to be singing like... Robbie Williams. If you asked me a few days ago what I would erase from my brain, it would probably be the lyrics to Angels. <laughs> and now? then... What would I have to give to this episode? Yeah, but that's that's relevant though. That is relevant though. Like in my office, they were singing Pump the Jam, and now I've got that in my head. I've had that in my head for like days. I don't need to have pump, pump the jam, pump it up in my head. That can go. We apologize to our listeners for giving you that earworm. Yeah. And angels. Go back to angels. angels. Sorry. That's it. Do you guys? Do you guys want to? So, so I was going to say, do you guys want to tell people where they can find you, and yes. then you guys can sing us out of angels? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, now I will actually. I would have love that lyrics, so much. I, I got rid of the lyrics. I would um, love it so much if you did that, especially in Oompa oh version. God. Oh I'll, god! I'll, I'll hum it. I'll do my best. Beautiful. Okay. Um, so we are on um, Instagram. Uh, we are on Twitter. Time of our pod. Uh, we're on Facebook and you can listen to the podcast on Spotify, um, iTunes, um, Anchor and uh, basically wherever you find your normal podcasts. We're probably sitting there somewhere going, hello, don't <laughs> listen to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Look after yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and we're hoping to have so we 
because life started getting very real uh, a few months ago, we which has been great. Which has been great, great but yeah. meant we haven't released detrimental to our. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we, or maybe beneficial I don't know. we are in the process of planning new episodes we should have our first episode of series two because we're doing that now we've decided that's to all you're going to do is, is yeah, put in a series, series and you're good yeah yeah <laughs> no one needs to know that wasn't the intention no that's exactly um, how you planned it you, you planned that that's what you wanted yeah it was the um, best move yeah <laughs> um so we're intending to have new episodes out in December um Amazing. we've got some really interesting um potential uh interviews lined up we have indeed oh, yeah yay um, so i've only had them lined up for nearly 20 months but uh, we haven't it, been able to do them till yeah now. because every weekend is just in socializing and then you go oh shit i'm supposed to go and talk to that person wasn't i and it doesn't help when you're in some place as amazing as bristol and you're like where should i go out for drinks tonight and then you've got <laughs> so many options <laughs> and then just it's like, terrible <laughs> and you work in the industry, so you're like, oh, we could just go to hang out with my friends. Like, <laughs> it's always we do that thing where you go to the pub and you're like, we're just gonna have one, and then you it's never one. It's never one. It's never one. It's never one. Yes, never one. That's why if I'm intending on having one, like actually properly having one, I don't go because <laughs> yeah. that never happens. <laughs> Stay at home with a tinny. Yes. One, one is two. Yeah. Two is four. Yeah. And then after four, it's just many yeah it's, i've yeah. got this rule with flaws now where i just if he says he's going out for a couple of drinks i just don't call him until like three in the morning no yeah. he'll come back until he's still alive yeah that's this it sounds it's... very worrying though doesn't it <laughs> you go you go out for a few and then it's 2 a.m and you're like how did i get here yeah, yeah. how did this happen <laughs> and then he comes back with pizza Hands me a slice and all is forgiven. Yeah. I wish yes, I, I, I could have relate, well but done. I can. It's we can really all relate fast. to that. We can all relate. To that. I'm whispering very loudly. <laughs> Here's some pizza. Would you like me? Would you like me to tell you about all the things I heard? <laughs> it does work both ways, but it's probably a 90-10 split. <laughs> oh, that is brilliant! But yeah, your episodes are going to be starting your second season. Just in time for the Christmas binging. Yeah. Everyone's off for holidays. Amazing. It's something to keep you yeah. company and keep you sane when you're with your family or whatever else. Exactly. So a reason to leave the room and escape. Yeah. And- mm. Yes. Like I have a podcast episode. I have I've to go. I've got to go. <laughs> we you love your family, but also sometimes you're like, oh, I need a break. Gonna yeah. go listen to a podcast. <laughs> and I've got a short period of time now because we didn't get any turkeys this year for obvious reasons. So it's just a tiny guinea flower. Guinea flower. A guinea flower. A guinea flower. A guinea towel. Guinea flower. Amazing. Amazing. The cross between a flower and a guinea fowl. I still can't. Sounds delicious. It sounds good either way. Let's beer brine it. I'll be tapping back into some um, some traditional styles that I think are very interrelated and sort of misunderstood in the modern age. So we'll we'll be going. Amazing. I'm excited to see what that's going to be. Does love our history. Yeah, and eventually we will be digging up some some old treasures that are again like sort of lost, but only within the last fifty to hundred years. So, so that sounds into the new year for us there. So that sounds right up my beer geek street. I'm yes. excited. I'm I'm gonna be uh, traveling back to the US for Christmas, so I'm gonna just like put a bunch of episodes like yeah. on download oh, and just listen on the plane. Our average is one hour and like forty. No, so that's we'll so I can get through. Year, yeah, like. Short. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I need a few to get me through the flight because if not, I'm going to end up watching like, I don't know, Dora the Explorer again. Like, it was not yeah. great. It wasn't great. I watched it going to Japan. It wasn't great. It wasn't horrible. The nuances of the, of the subtext get lost on you, don't they? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't the show Dora the Explorer. It was the film Dora the Explorer. I didn't yeah. have to say. I wasn't sat there. On, I wasn't sat there on the plane going, "It's behind you." No map song. It was great. But I'm going to be watching like Jumanji again, or whatever. That's that's like the plane films. That's the stuff you watch on the plane that you yeah. don't want to watch, but you don't want to watch it at home. So give me podcasts <laughs> to listen to instead, and I'll be happy. So. Amazing. Excellent. Fantastic. Oh, well, right, do you, you. want to do you want to plug your breweries? Oh yes, well. Uh so I uh, yeah, I work for a brewery called Tiley's Brewing Company in Gloucestershire. Um so we're a little brewery out the back of a, a wonderful pub called the Salutation Inn, um, which was a former camera national pub of the year. Amazing. And cool. I work exclusively by myself, other than for Mr. Peter Tiley himself, who is the the master, the the puppet master um <laughs> but yeah so I, I i end up doing all things and everything so it's a bit of a run around and it's, it's a lot of hard work but it's a, it's an absolute great pleasure and we're um we're a sort of cask centric brewery that sort of play with a lot of styles from belgium germany and the uk as well nice lovely um well surprisingly the brewery i work for is rather um needs no introduction really <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we've already discussed it. Lost and grounded <laughs> brewers, um, very much inspired by German styles, Belgian styles, particularly lager centric. Um, we, yeah, you can probably find quite a lot of it around Bristol because that is where the brewery is based. Probably a lot around London. Oh, amazing yeah. amount around London. Yeah. Um, it, oh, the sales team are doing such a good job. They're, they're kicking out all the fucking standard loggers and they're getting our lager in there so it's a little bit a little bit of uh, went a bit, london twang in bit there london. So. went a bit cockney um, there yeah i would i would recommend if you are a fan of lager looking out for keller and hellas um but just generally get get on the lost and grounded scene because, we know, can highly like, recommend like if you haven't already grabbed a Mars and beer, go find yeah. it now and buy all of it because <laughs> it's it now. so good. Yeah. So go good. on the website as well. There's still a couple left. Yeah. I think. Uh, no, just... don't go on the website. <laughs> Not because <laughs> always going to buy them. <laughs> Please. Oh, no, no, no. Save, no. save me <laughs> from myself. <laughs> Please buy them. Save me from myself. Save my wallet from myself. <laughs> <laughs> It's been an absolute pleasure, guys. Oh, it's been amazing. Thank you so much. It's been so fun. Yeah. Do you guys want to uh, serenade us out? (laughs) We will. We will do. I'm just. I think we should just go from the bit that I reckon gets pretty (laughs) epic. Yeah. Are you ready? You put some oompa twang on it. And through it, oh, love and protection, a lot of love and affection. And I can't sing at all. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm loving angels instead. Oh, so beautiful. <laughs> yes. Is that Paris Hilton? Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, um, Paris is a little tiny Because you're singing with a man that can't oh. sing. She's a fantastic singer. And then you've got me, tone deaf. I'm a drummer, so that's I can't actually You're hear both it, brilliant. It was amazing. Thank you guys oh, so it's much. been so good. Oh, I want to do this again. Yay. It's amazing. We've got to do the waitress challenge. Yes. Yes, we'll make this a thing. Hashtag waitress challenge. Yes. Hashtag waitress challenge. If you guys can get up here, we can organise a, a space to do it, safe and secure, yep. and then we can... The Skiffle Valley at the Sally. Ooh. That would be a perfect I'm spot. Sure, I'm sure Pete and would host us. That would be fine. Out in the beautiful countryside. Very close beautiful. to some wonderful breweries like Dare up in Cheltenham and Mills Ooh. just down the road. So there's some, some phenomenal places around about. Into it. Stay tuned, people. Yeah, if we can make, we can make <laughs> this happen. Tuned. This is going to happen. Yes. Wait to challenge. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Anytime. It has been amazing. My cheeks hurt. Yeah, that was a really good conversation. It was so good. It was really fun. And I've just I really been enjoyed smiling that. and laughing. And I've, lo- and I've so learned much. a lot as well. And obviously, like, the backstory is, like, you had... So you at least met Maz before. Yeah, yeah. I met you Maz connected. at Smash the Pintriarchy in you Nottingham. Connected. Yeah, you connected at Smash the Pintriarchy. But yeah. I hadn't met, like, either of them before. Because <laughs> I was I couldn't go to that event. Um, But, yeah, no, it was... It was really good. Like I feel like we had a lot of stuff in common. There was really good conversations. There was really good after chat. Um, yeah. the, the after chat that was meant to be like uh, very short, and uh, yeah, it wasn't short, but in the best way possible. I wouldn't yeah. like I wouldn't trade that conversation for the world. It was really good. It was really funny. And now I've got Alan Partridge. <laughs> Just in my, if you know, you know. <laughs> We've got future plans in the making now as well. Watch yeah, you're committed. This They're committed space. now. They're committed yeah. now. <laughs> Oh, All right. Anyways, so, so um, if people want to talk to you about Alan Partridge, <laughs> you're Tori, to book, if you me. feel like putting a ketchup packet in the window because you're feeling saucy, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can let me know on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism. If people want to talk to you about I don't know, Joe. What do you want people to come and talk to you about? They can come and talk to me about anything beer related, really. I mean, you can talk to Where me can about they do stuff. that? But you can do that. I am a woman's brew on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, that's my personal account. Or I generally hang out on Instagram. Um, or you can come to my beer school where you can come learn about all the lovely Marzens and all the lovely beers. Um, my beer school is Love Beer Learning. We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter tiktok and pinterest i generally hang out on on instagram so come and have a chat to us there i also have a website which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk or you can email us at lovebeerlearning at gmail.com we'll pick up emails for the podcast there um if you've got some lovely quotes about Oktoberfest to tell us give us an email <laughs> we want to hear from you so it was a great conversation it was a great night that Mars in from Lost and Grounded was fucking oh great. Oh, God. It, get it. Get it. Get so it. on that just note, Joe, let's just mic drop there. Cheers. Cheers.